Beware that when fighting monsters, you yourself do not become a monster. For when you gaze long into the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Hello and welcome to episode 119 of Under the Cull of MS. MS Deep, Sti- Deep Dives episode, all about multiple sclerosis. March 1st and March is Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month. If you don't know this already, wear an orange ribbon to re- help represent. Every March is Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month, a time for sufferers, family members, and supporters to share information, sympathy, and camaraderie, drawing attention to this disease of the central nervous system. If you're not familiar, multiple sclerosis, MS, happens when one's immune system attacks the nerve cells and renders them unable to properly transmit information, causing balance issues, weakened vision, fatigue, and other unpredictable symptoms. Approximately 2.5 million people worldwide suffer from multiple sclerosis. The cause is unknown and there is no definitive cure as of this writing. However, there are many effective treatments, so those afflicted with MS should not lose hope. This month is all about raising awareness, educating wider society fundraising, and getting behind those scientists that seek to advance our understanding of MS. We need the help, we need the support, we need to find a cure, we need to get rid of this damn thing. I want to be able to say someday I used to have MS, but I don't foresee that in my future. Hopefully others will get to say that in their future. The National Multiple Sclerosis Society which started in 1946 as the Association for Advancement of research on multiple sclerosis uh, has raised, I'm sure it's over this, but $974 million for research since then. I'm sure it's beyond that by now when I'm reading this segment. But uh, according to their own literature, that's where they're sitting at. Some of their fundraising efforts include Walk MS, which we have them all over, starting in spring in Wisconsin. Uh, Fond Lac County usually has theirs in May. Washington County has theirs around May, June. It's usually start about April. You start seeing them popping up. It's always iffy on the weather conditioning, but it's right around the corner. So keep an eye out. You might see signs up. You can join in or put a group together and do a walk MS. Uh, They have Muck Fest, which is if you want to get muddy and have fun, it's a big mud obstacle course type thing that they do to raise help raise money. And, of course, do-it-yourself fundraising. People will sell things and give percentages to the NF. National Multiple Sclerosis Society and stuff to help with researching and curing MS. 
Multiple Sclerosis Awareness Month, was launched by the NMSS in March of 2003 in an effort to coordinate the fundraising and awareness of Emma of awareness raising activities of other MS related groups and individuals with their own types of fundraising events. Part of the mission of the month is to help people understand the true scope of MS and to help those with the disease make informed decisions about their treatment and overall health. Since then, especially with Walk MS, fundraising events have gained an increasing amount of publicity, resulting in an ever-larging public demand for advancement towards a cure. Uh, some things from the timeline. 2018 brought us a brighter future. NYU publishes a study about innovative stem cell treatment for MS symptoms in which after injections, two patients who were previously unable to walk are able to complete a walking test. I mentioned in the past about stem cells and I really want to try stem cells. I'm hoping we get some type of therapy that's in the U.S. that's affordable and we're able to try out ourselves within the next couple of years, but it's not looking too likely and a lot of people still if they want to get stem cells and can afford to do it fly overseas and get treatment done in other places where the cost of medical supplies and items and prescriptions and stuff aren't so so cruelly expensive and just you can't afford to, there's no reason that a person should not be able to afford to fix themselves. There's stuff out there that they want to try or want to use or has good results and positive results. And yeah, there's negatives that come with positives, but many of us are just sitting here waiting, waiting for some answers, some some stupid ass form of a person saying, okay, now it's time. Now you can go and do this. It's like, no, why don't you deal with the disease and see how long you want to wait? If we have the options, give us a damn chance to take do trials. Uh, I've signed up for multiple trials so far. Get shot down every time. I don't understand. Uh, it's like, I'm a big guy. They just had a big, uh, I think a three-month trial that I mentioned in the past about it was a workout thing online, doing online workouts live or recorded, and were the two different groups, and you're gonna compare that to how it affected your MS and stuff. And so I feel I was a perfect candidate for it, and it's like I'm struggling to get back to DDP because I'm having my DDP yoga because I'm having so many problems with different pain issues that I can't get into certain positions and stuff. And I was looking forward to doing this whole thing live with people. And that way you have someone you can talk to while you're doing stuff and maybe they can give you extra little pointers. And it's like, I love going to my therapist, but I only get six sessions a year that are covered by my insurance. So it's like, by the time you get those six days in, 
your body's just starting to loosen up a little bit. You're starting to get going. You're on a good, good roll. And then all of a sudden it gets stopped and you go back to your house and you got your little rubber band straps and that's about it. I don't have all that fancy equipment that they got that I can take advantage of when I'm there. But yeah. Be nice to see us get more things that, that allow us to try them instead of just paying out $150,000 for some drug or something each time you go in. Back in 2009, the Multiple Sclerosis International Federation and its members initiated the first World MS Day to be celebrated every year thereafter on May 30th, 1993. The first proven drug treatment of MS was approved. Today, there are 15 drugs for symptoms maintenance, maybe more by now from this article. It does look like a newer article, so it could be up to date with the numbers, but it could be off by one or two. I could have swore we were up to like 18 drugs now. But you can also research that on any of the MS sites. Uh, hiking to help, the first organized MS walk event takes place back in 1988 when I graduated high school to eventually raise millions with repeated events. And then in 1868, famed neurologist Jean-Martin Charcot, a teacher of Sigmund Freud, lectures on the effects of MS and names the disease. 1868. And we're still struggling to this day to try and come up with a couple things to help <laughs> help with this disease. It's like, come on, people, we get COVID, something we've never heard of. Don't know nothing of, not much of it. They did say that they do have some knowledge of it from the past. But like, we got this new virus out there, and they can come up with a injection for it within a year, right? You'd never see in the past. It would take at least five years before you'd have any type of vaccine or anything. But how they come up with it in a year, and that's okay, and that's supposedly helping people, but we can't come up with nothing for MS. And come on, people, get your head's out of your ass. Time to help people and quit worrying about filling your damn pockets and all these politicians sitting there. Spending year after year just sitting in a group of people that have no knowledge of anything with the conditions and stuff and people with chronic conditions and they're arguing over whether or not they should allow certain medications for people. And like if there's something out there that a person can get help from it, put the shit out there. It's that person's choice. I'll sign a waiver with whatever I try or use or get. I'll sign a waiver saying anything happens, it's my fault. I don't have to deal with you. Know, I'm not going to turn around and sue you. It's like, I'm just looking for damn, some damn relief. It's like, how would you like it if you're just at your job and all of a sudden it feels like a half a dozen knives are getting shoved into your legs, your arms, your chest, your back, and... All of a sudden, it feels like your flesh is being ripped from your body or there's 
electrical signals getting sent through all parts of your limbs and stuff like that and just we want to try something to help us let us freaking try it <laughs> this pisses me off that these people don't care about anything other than arguing over these stupid laws and signing these stupid forms and all that shit for the united states of america but yet we can't do nothing united we all have to do everything separately by state, separately by county. It's like it's split up so ridiculously. I don't know why we call ourselves the United States of America. It's, it should be the United Nations of the world, and we should all be together, period, working together, doing what helps everybody instead of worrying about what helps people fill their damn pockets, helping these rich business people stay and get tax breaks and all this shit instead of worrying about the little man that makes those businesses thrive. If it isn't for the normal person buying their products, those businesses aren't in, in business. But yet they're just, I don't know. I don't want to go into too deep a dive with that. I'm just get irritated. So let's look at MS. We need no more. I, I want to make, Today is just all about learning about MS. I know I've talked about all this stuff in the past, but this is MS Awareness Month. This is the first day of it. So let's get people now some knowledge about what it's all about. Statistics indicate that more than 200 people are diagnosed with MS each week, approximately one person every hour of the day. Yet, unless you or someone you know is personally affected, you may know little about it, or hold common mis misconceptions about the illness. MS is more common in women, appears more frequently in Caucasians than Hispanics or African Americans, and is relatively rare among Asians and certain other ethnic groups. I'm not sure when this article was written, but I don't think any of that is true. I could have swore that the African Americans had higher numbers and I thought we were starting to see some in the Asian and other ethnic groups, but I could be wrong. MS is most commonly diagnosed in individuals between the ages of 20 and 50, although it can develop in young children and teens as well as older adults. So basically, you can get MS any time in your life. <laughs> it's like, why do they got to separate this stuff and make it sound so stupidly official? <laughs> They covered every age limit, but yet they separated. And imagine this. You disconnect your cell phone from its charger as you get ready for a busy day. But even though it has been connected all night, you notice the battery is only partially charged. You look at the cord and notice a spot where the insulation has been stripped away or melted from the wire and the wires inside are exposed because the path by which the current travels is damaged not all the electricity sent from the outlet reaches its original target your phone this analogy is helpful in understanding ms signals from the brain travel along nerves that are insulated with a sub substance called myelin the insulation allows the signal to reach its destination without disruption. In MS, 
the insulation becomes damaged or lost, causing the nerve impulses traveling to and from the brain and spinal cord to be interrupted or distorted, reducing the many symptoms associated with MS. Basically, sparks are just flying like crazy in our brain and not going where they're supposed to be. <laughs> it's, it's like watching the Avengers jump in some time portal and all of a sudden, the group of Avengers gets split up into all different directions when they're all supposed to go to the same place. Of course, the central nervous system is much more com complex than a simple cord and this damage can occur anywhere within it. For that reason, MS can cause a wide range of different symptoms, ranging from mild to life-altering issues. Of the more than 50 recognized symptoms, no one can predict which symptoms any one person with MS will experience. Additionally, most people are initially diagnosed with a relapsing form of the, of the disease in which symptoms can come and go. For these reasons, it is often said that the only thing predictable about MS is its unpredictability. This makes the condition challenging to diagnose and treat, and, and is especially challenging to live with each day. And it's like I mentioned in the past, too, with all the symptoms. I think I got almost every one of them, except for like five of them. So. You can have a few or many. It all depends on where your condition is advanced from, where the damage is in your brain and spine, and where your uh, where that where the different spots are in your brain and spine that are being attacked is will affect different parts of your body's signals being sent out. To your, where, whether it's your arms, your head, your eyes, your legs, and you can just your brain basically controls everything. But it, if it goes to shit, everything goes to shit. What is MS? MS affects the central nervous system, which is comprised of the brain and spinal cord. In the central nervous system, nerve fibers called axons are protected by a fatty layer of insulation called myelin. Myelin allows nerve signals to travel properly. Now that makes sense because I didn't look at myelin as a fatty layer, but they say the stem cells that they're having good, good results with are stem cells from our body fat that they are injecting into us. And then they're focusing on the myelin, the damaged myelin. Kind of curious if that's that's the reason that that helps, because I know you can get stem cells from different parts of the body. In MS, overactive immune cells cause inflammation, which damages the myelin. This results in loss of myelin, called demyelination, and some degree of axonal damage. Wherever the myelin is destroyed, a damaged area of white matter, known as a lesion. Or plaque will occur. Those are circles we see, or the damaged areas we see in our brain and spine, and those are the areas that will affect where where we're feeling what. 
Over time, hardened scar tissue develops at the lesion site. This hardened scar tissue, or sclerosis, may develop at multiple sites throughout the central nervous system, hence the name multiple sclerosis. This scarring disrupts the transmission of nerve signals that communicate a desired action from the brain through the spinal cord to various parts of the body. So that pretty much gives you an idea of what it's doing and causing in our bodies. What's your risk for MS? The risk among, among the general population for MS is low, estimated at 0.1%. If you have a parent or sibling who has been diagnosed Noticed with MS, your risk is elevated to 2.5%. A person who has an identical twin diagnosed with MS has a 25% risk of development. Many with MS worry about the elevated risk for their children. MS-focused senior medical advisor Ben Thrower, which he has lots of great information if you ever look him up, if you want some MS information. I've read a lot of stuff that he talked about. But he said, while your child may have a 2.5% risk of developing MS, remember that means there is a 97.5% chance they will not, which is pretty good odds. Even though earlier it said that like one a second getting diagnosed, and your odds are pretty low. So way better, better odds to get hit by lightning probably. MS affects each person differently, but there are certain typical courses it may follow. Some may have periods of relapse followed by full or partial remission. This is called relapsing remitting multiple sclerosis. Where others may have rapid progression of disability from onset called primary progressive MS, further complicating matters. Those diagnosed with relapsing MS may later see their Disease course transition to a progressive one, experiencing fewer relapses, but increasing progression of disability issues. And now we also have a classification of secondary progressive MS, which is between the two. But and I talked about all forms, all four forms not long ago. If you want to go back into my other podcast. Because MS can affect any part of the body, there are no specific symptoms associated with onset. However, some symptoms are more common than others as the first signs of MS. These are blurred, suddenly decreased or double vision, numbness, tingling, loss of balance or coordination, weakness in arm or leg, heat sensitivity, which may trigger the above issues, and so on. If you or someone you know experiences these symptoms, it is important to discuss them with your healthcare provider. Whatever course of MS a person may be diagnosed with, whatever symptoms of the disease they face, the effects of MS on their life may be far-reaching. An MS diagnosis also has emotional, financial, and social ramifications. It may affect a person's ability to pursue a career, interfere with education, put strain on relationships, and even damage a person's self-esteem. 
Support is vital for those with MS to maintain the best possible quality of life. Common symptoms can be life-altering, like fatigue. Uh, it interferes with our ability to carry out everyday activities, and a good majority of us deal with that. Pain may be caused by sensory, sensory problems, feeling pins and needles, burning or itching, muscle spasms or other causes. It is often chronic and difficult to treat. Trouble walking. More than half of those with MS will experience changes in walking because of symptoms such as tremor, loss of balance or weakness, other symptoms such as foot drop, vertigo, and spasticity can also affect walking. Cognitive changes are one of the most common causes of individuals with MS, leaving the workforce, difficulties with attention, concentration, short-term memory, and information processing are common. Uh, you can see throughout my podcasting, I think I'm like I like I said in the past, I hate listening to myself. So it's taken me a while to get through my podcast. I've listened to about twenty episodes so far, and I've noticed I'm slow. I slowly progress as I do it with my cognitive issues, and I have my bad days, of course, or it gets worse sometimes. But uh, you do what you can to to make it work for you, but. Uh, it's the cognitive can be a major pain in the ass. Uh, I, that's why I joined up with a couple other podcasts, the Crimson Call Comic Club and the, the Under the Call podcast. And we do those video and audio formats, but did that so I still get socialization and keeps my brain active. And I started this podcast just so I can get things out. I mean, otherwise, I'm just sitting there hardly speaking throughout the day. And that, and when I do talk, I go hoarse because I don't talk as much as I used to. If you don't use your vocal cords, they wear themselves out too. So this has helped me get extra things out and keep my brain active. And I do tons of research, which helps me get extra reading and get extra brain processing in. But but yeah, some symptoms that we deal with, some we've mentioned, some we haven't, but visual changes, including double vision or loss of vision, numbness, tangling, or weakness, which we mentioned. Weaknesses may re range from mild to severe, paralysis, vertigo or dizziness, erectile dysfunction, impotent, uh, pregnancy problems. Urinary incontinence or con or urinary re retention, uh, muscle spasticity, incoordination of muscles, tremors, painful involuntary muscle contractions, slurred speech, fatigue. It's like it took so long for me to get diagnosed for MS. I was trying to get answers when I was a child. I mean, I've 
would start with the minor things with the muscle spasms, cramping, the tippiness. Uh, I'd have lockjaw in the middle of summer when the sun was coming down on me hard. Uh, I was mowing the lawn or whatever. I had episodes lockjaw. I the my whole life. People always complain that I mumble. It's like my slurred speech and everything. I've always had cognitive issues. I do great in school when I have the stuff in front of me. But as soon as I had to do tests or anything like that, I just failed completely. And no one would listen to me that I, I did actually sit and spend hours studying the material. And, but I, it's hard to explain. I can be, I know people are like, oh yeah, I have that too. No, this is not like that. It's like I've had those issues when I was younger and it wasn't as bad. But hey, I can just totally go completely blame brain lock forget people's names my i forgot my own name i just forgot tons of things and just yeah the pains the fatigue the cognitive issues there's just so many different things that we deal with uh bladder bowel uh, all kinds of just nasty stuff yeah this happy ms awareness month Get the word out, talk to people, have them check out my podcast if they want some more information. I try to give out some good information. No idea if it's worth anything or not, but I just get my stuff from reading materials and sources like that. So be good to each other. Have a great day. We'll talk to you again soon. Beat the monster.